Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. And welcome into another episode of the Smooth Operators Podcast. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin. Joined alongside me here are Greg's Blankenberg, Noah Phillips, and today we have a special guest, Ainsley. Welcome in. Thank you. All right, so we're going to get right to it on this lovely Friday, the last day of school, technically speaking, before finals. Um, and we I were... hate when people say that, man. Why? Like, we don't what? have finals coming. Like, that isn't just like a big event in our lives. Okay, fine. It's our last day of class. There we go. There is That's what he said to start with, I thought. No, I said school. It's my last day of school. I already it's, turned in all my finals. It's LDOC. Yeah, it's LDOC, last day of class. LDOC, nice. if you will. Um, And speaking of acronyms, we're going to talk about a GP coming up. But that's later on. We got to start with yeah, something else first. But first, we are going to be talking about... A uh, little bit of change going on, some turnover at AlphaTauri. And by turnover, I mean they have just gotten a very huge acquisition. Yes, so... Laurent Alpha- Mickey's is coming from Ferrari. Yes. Big so deal. France Toast of the AlphaTauri team principal will be leaving, um, make the move back to his former team to seed one of F1's longest-serving team bosses in Toast. Um, I think he will... Um, he will leave his role at the end of the 2023 season, so he will be transferring over from um, Ferrari, where he is the assistant team principal and race director, where potentially he could be uh, be having to decide between um, potentially have to get a new driver yeah. before even before he's even there. So that's gonna be interesting. So the people who are in charge there are gonna pick the driver before he gets there, which I imagine they may try to talk with him beforehand. But I mean, if Yuki doesn't get his act together soon it's they're gonna have to pick a which let's talk about that for a second that's that's not a great scenario to throw someone in where they're most likely going to give him a little input but he's not going to have the full say no on the driver unless they unbelievably wait until after the season's over when he selects a driver i mean as we saw last year with the silly season um especially approaching the seven the summer break most of the decisions were already made or in the process of being made but as far as like a public announcement goes, we probably won't see that until the end of the season. Um, I think I think it's definitely going to be a bit of a change for uh, Laurent as well. And it seems as if Tost, after his recent comments, just absolutely dumping on the engineers, saying that he doesn't trust engineers anymore after they built a car so bad with promises so high. Um, I think he's he's kind of been forced out, but shoving Laurent into that position is going to be tough. Well, he's, you know, he deals with the Ferrari circus. So yeah, he does. He does deal with the Ferrari circus a little bit, but taking over his team principles a little bit different because there's going to obviously be turnover in other, in other parts of the team, usually as, as team principal changes go. So, I mean, having to deal with all that and then a new driver potentially. And I mean, who could it be? Who, who, who could come in and fill that seat? Let's think about AlphaTauri, though, for a second. AlphaTauri is a triple-A team of the Formula 1 League. They're there to help younger talent in that's, a way. That's like, actually a good way to put it, actually. With Yuki yeah. and all them. So I would like to think the stakes are just a little bit lower there than they are over at the Ferrari Circus, where if you don't win, fans like me get upset. We're going to get into a little bit later about my greatness 
uh, or for our greatness. greatness. Your our, great, our greatness. greatness. Our yeah. greatness. Our team. Your, your great misery. Insert um, Bugs Bunny meme with the USSR hey, flag. And, you know, I think Laurent coming over is just as much on him as it is on France Tost, just because, you know, like, Laurent had to choose to take over at AlphaTauri and not stay at Ferrari, which kind of is a signal of what's going on inside of Ferrari. I think there's going to be a lot of internal turnover coming in the next few months, um, especially as we've already seen, like, three or four Ferrari guys in the high, higher-up positions have left. So I think I think uh, rough seas ahead for Ferrari. But back to AlphaTauri, like rough seas ahead, rough seas behind and ahead. Yeah, honestly, it's it's they're in a very tough position. Um, but but like let's let's get back to uh, AlphaTauri. Like, who do we think could come in? Like Liam Lawson. Um, like, what junior guys are y'all looking out for? Schwartzman, anybody? Do you think Logan? Because how long is Logan's contract? He's still signed, I think, in he's on for, for another a couple year. more years. But yeah, he's not. I don't really see the Williams to Alfatari move as much of a not much of an upgrade. Exactly, but yeah, on pace, Alfatari is the slowest this season. Williams has just been outmatched by some bad luck. So even though Williams being last, they're really not the slowest car. They're the second slowest car. So yeah, not much of an upgrade there. Um, that's just tough. It's tough to be. Tough to be kicked out of your job, but also a lot, a lot harder to take over in a spot where you have to manage um, driver transfers. And Tost is also serving like as interim now, as Laurent starts to step in. So they're both going to be kind of responsible for running that team for a little bit. It, it's, it's a weird situation. Going to be honest, it's, it's a little odd. <laughs> it is a little odd, but I mean, they're not going to have a bunch of change I don't think I mean but I'd imagine they'd get his opinion on if they go after a driver during the summer break potentially I mean they'd I don't know how to call him up I don't know how that works in f ones where it's like it's not like tampering if it's like a coach like in the yeah. NFL let's say like the offensive coordinator for the Eagles goes to coach now is the coach of the Colts like they're not calling I don't know, like, you can't really do too much before you, like, step away from your current role, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know how much of that is involved. But, I mean, in informal conversation, I think it's not regulated. Like, suppose just in passing you say, hey, should we go for uh, Dan Tictum? And he goes, sure, if you want. Then then that, I guess, could be regarded as tampering. I'm not really sure about the rules of, with that either. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know what, like, that. It's, it seems kind of buried be hard to find maybe a little bit if we we should just make a day out of it where we just go through every single fia rule on every racing series that they control and we just for the whole entire day a day we just go through that what do you guys think that's like that? weeks of reading i'm not even kidding the fia formula one rule book is 490 pages as a business major i can't read anything more than like 100 yeah, and it has to have pictures, too. That's sometimes. Well, Sky touched on it the other week, and they're like, the biggest thing with FIA is the fact that they're trying to move more in towards, like, the more entertainment side. So it's, like, kind of moving away from, like, sports and more entertainment and just trying to find that balance. That's terrifying. That's NASCAR, <laughs> baby. That's terrifying. That's stock car I don't, racing. I don't like that. Speaking of stock car racing, Talladega was last week. Are we going to talk about this? 
We could um, we could touch it real quick. Well, I don't I don't know if you knew this. Just man, say who won. We actually had a uh, segment on the Eagles' nest where it was me and Daniel talking. It was just about basically it. them fighting the whole time. It was That's basically so just cool. me and Daniel getting ready to fight the entire time. I'm guessing, it was funny for I'm the first couple Daniel minutes. Daniel likes Joey Logano. Uh, that, how, and and Bush. And Bush. Yes. The corporation. Or the driver. The driver. <laughs> the driver. Ah. Uh, yeah. Well, so he he has been texting me all week. Weekend. I I will not speak to that. Um. If I speak, I am in big trouble. <laughs> Good meme reference there. Sorry we can't pop up an image. That could come soon. But, um, yeah, so are we looking like junior market or internal transfers for Yuki's potential replacement? I, I don't know because Mick. He's out. Mick's out because he's, he's got the reverse. There's nobody in F1 right now that's young. That could potentially go over that has the contract that ends. You know, could we see Daniel Ricardo? That's what I was going to ask, but I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to go to. If Alpha he's in the Red Bull stable and he's getting training on the characteristics yeah, of a Red Bull esque no. car, you already know it that, could though. serve to benefit Alpha Tauri's interest to have him placed as a driver for a year until. I mean, I think if he would do it, it would be if they offer him some huge bank, he'd do it. Honestly, I don't think he even needs that much cash because, like. He's currently getting paid a ton. Oh, he's yeah. not driving for free. He's he's but getting mean, paid not to drive this season by McLaren, right? If Yuki comes out by the summer break, Daniel could take his spot for the remainder of the season until they find a new driver. That could be really exciting. And yeah. a legitimate cost saver for AlphaTauri, because I bet Daniel will drive for free. What do you think about Herta? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> what do you think about Herta? Herta? Um, Hertz got to rack up some more points, unfortunately. He's still... A little behind. If he can finish fourth or better in IndyCar this season, he'll have a super license, which is just absurd how much they they bias their super license points towards their own series. I mean, that's probably. I mean, it makes a little sense. It makes sense, but it's just really not good sports. Like, <laughs> it's just not. Don't be a good sport. Herta uh, FIA Herta's famous for twenty four hours of Daytona, right? Uh, he's, he's driven in that a couple times, right? He's driven in 24 hours of Daytona. He drove in 12 hours of Sebring, Petit Le Mans, just like some of the – he's picked up some stuff in the uh, IMSA GT series. Uh, he's also um, a successful – so far successful IndyCar driver, but prone to mistakes. Um, he's won – he's a race winner in IndyCar. He's a race winner in um, Indy Lights. And any Indy NXT, and I think he also won the Porsche Super Cup of America. So I mean, he's not—he's got a lot under his belt in terms of like racing stateside and a little bit across the way. But uh, I think he's got to get a few more points. He's close though. Yeah, I just don't really see like an established driver like going down to like Alvatar, especially when you're looked at as like again, like kind of Noah said, like the Triple A team for Red Bull. Yeah. I mean, they could change that. They've they've especially emphasized since they changed their name to Alpha Tower that they're not a number two team. And even I think having are. Gasly, even though, even though I think having Gasly stay that year kind of proves that. I mean, obviously there's been a contract change and he went over to Alpine, but that wasn't to keep him to like have him learn. It was so he could be a senior figure. And I think if Yuki's not an adequate senior figure to Nick DeVries, I think Daniel Ricardo would be a great fit. Yeah, I think it just depends on whether he actually wants to get back on the grid again. Yeah, and I mean... It sounds like he does, it, but... It sure does sound like he does, and I think Horner's even alluded to that a little bit in saying that like he's been working a ton on 
like changing his driving habits into sim. And like Horner said a lot about Danny Rick getting back to where he was. And him getting back means that he's trying to make a career out of it again and have another shot. So they told they said we're gonna go racing in Vegas and he was like, I wanna do that. Yeah. He's been saying that forever and they took him out the year beforehand. Yeah. They did they did say that, which is kinda cold, but also it's possible that they could have him race in Vegas. If Vegas is before the summer break, and I don't remember if it is or isn't. It is not. Okay. Or it is. What'd it is. What'd it's before say? the summer break. It is not. It's, no, it's not, not because it's second break. to last before the uh, yeah. champ. Yeah. So there is there is actually a possibility Wait, does that it go we Brazil? could see Danny. Does it go Brazil, Vegas, then? No, it's Vegas, Brazil. Abu Dhabi. Oh, really? Yes. I thought that was so, yeah. so it goes Mexico, then Vegas? So uh-huh. Max Verstappen could win the world championship on United States soil. He could. Again. He has three chances well, he won, to. He won the, they won the Constructors last year. He doesn't really have three chances to, given that two weeks is in – or uh, three weeks is Miami, but he could have it wrapped up by Coda. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Ben, we're going to have to wrap up this segment. We're going to oh. go sprinting right along to our next segment when we come back on the break. We're going through the all-new 2023 Formula One Sprint format. What's that about? Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the uh, you're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into WGL 91.1 FM. You're listening to Smooth Operators, the greatest F1 show this side of the Pacific. Hope you're having a wonderful day. As we jump into the second segment of the day, we're going to be talking about the new sprint format uh, for Formula One. You know the saying is this side of the Atlantic, right? Well, it's this side of the Pacific. Okay. It's this side of the Mississippi. It's whatever you want it to be, honestly. You know we what? are the greatest Bodies. F1 show this side of the Mediterranean, buddy. We're the greatest. The Mediterranean F1 is show literally in the, in the like middle area. of Europe and Africa. Well, it's still so on what this side. So which side? Both sides. Dude, Europe and Africa are on both sides. It's enclosed. No, it's not. Yes, it is. But anyway. like, if you go by a coast and you move It's enclosed left. by the Strait of Gibraltar. Son, I thought we were going to fight about the fact that I said... Uh, Mock instead of Mark. Yeah, we're not going to talk graphic. about that. Yeah, it's okay. We hope that you fans will by mm-hmm. commenting on our Twitter post we- if you feel so inclined. At SMOP Podcast. But anyway, let's get into the new sprint format for one. We've talked about this in the past, but it is now finally official. What is it in its third race? It is a basically a 100-kilometer dash to the checkered flag. There are no pit stops unless you're unfortunate enough to need to drive in for repairs. Um, but it'll be 17 laps on uh in baku on saturday afternoon or so i'm reading the f1 website so that'll be saturday morning ish and take around 30 minutes uh you get eight points of the winner descending one descending down to one point for p8 so you need to score in the top eight to earn points and also what they're going to do now is they're calling it the sprint shootout so there were two qualifying sessions now for the sprint races wait the first one will take place on friday which already happened today yes and but then that session will will determine the grid only for sunday so not for the sprint so a second shorter qualifying session will run on saturday morning and if you're in the united states of america in the central time zone it'll be around 3 14 a.m in the morning tomorrow where it's replacing the second um 
one hour practice session and set the grid for the sprint and then the sprint will happen a couple of hours later so it goes uh, p1 goes qualifying for the race which happened today and then it goes sprint shootout then the sprint tomorrow and then the actual race is on sunday still so that is the new format for the sprint any thoughts from y'all on this new format what you think about it no you want to go first folks i'm gonna go ahead and tell you this straight up straight off the cuff as honestly as i can do we really even need a sprint no in this in this format you don't at all it doesn't matter exactly like as ansley said earlier sky sports is trying to get more entertainment than fia FIA, all all of them it's all connected they all got brothers and sisters and in their pockets um they are just trying to make this sport more entertaining and more like nascar for some reason (laughs) to where you get more advertisers on there so it's less sport and more entertainment and it's Absolutely the wrong way to go, as we've seen with NASCAR, and if they continue down this road, we'll see with F1, because you don't need to give somebody eight points for winning a qualifying and then winning a 12-lap, what is it, 12 or 19? It's 17. 17. 17-lap shootout in Baku, a place where your engine could easily fail and you could put a rear tire into the castle. You know what? I have changed my tune on this. I'm actually in favor of it. I think it's I think it's silly. I don't think it should matter that much. But it's also a lot more fun and that's why they changed qualifying in the first place for they they've changed it four times. Like l- let's be honest, and they've done it every time to make it more entertaining, to have more cars on track, to have more racing. That's the whole point. That three the three-part shootout wasn't what they did up until 2013. They did a single lap shootout, but you had you had six laps to run for everybody, and you had one hour to do it. That was a format before that. Then the format before that was aggregate qualifying, which didn't go over well. Basically, you had one lap, and then your fastest lap on Sunday are added together, and then you have a pole time that's like three or four minutes. That didn't go over well. Then before that, you qualified on the same set of tires that you used in the race, and it was for the whole session. So if your hot laps on really bad tires like really soft tires, then your race lap is on really soft tires. And then before that, it was like a two-day thing, and they changed that. They have every single change in the past has been to make qualifying more entertaining and make Friday, Saturday, Sunday more exciting. And, I, and I'm i in favor of it. It's, it's in the spirit of the rules. It's, it's them, in the spirit of the regulations, and I think it's fun. It's them making strides to kind of make it seem like it's not just going to be Max Verstappen winning every single race or like Lewis Hamilton always winning everything to just get a little bit more competition in there. Yeah, mix up the grid. That's that's what they're going for without doing something like reverse qualifying like you see in F2 or like reverse fuel qualifying like you see in IndyCar. So like if you qualify first, you start in last in some IndyCar races. But that's kind of an aside – um, Are we not crossing the threshold, though, of making it less sport and more entertainment? No, mm. no. I think it's it's more sport because you have more people racing and not, like, silly things like required pit stops. I mean, it's like I said, going back to the thing that I heard the other day, people are now comparing it to, like, what? when are we crossing the line into, like, it's the kind of version of WWE. Like it's a gimmick? Yeah. I mean, it's this real is- to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is still real competitive racing. It's like it's like if in basketball to win a series you had to – or like 
they used to just play one game at a time to make it more entertaining. You play the same team two days in a row or like doubleheaders in baseball. It's it's kind of the same thing. Basically, what doesn't matter is like just a single standout result, but like your results across a weekend and across a Saturday. And that's what qualifying is there for. Okay, then by the same token, do you like the playoffs in NASCAR? No, because that's not just more racing. That's an elimination thing that really isn't based off of how good you are in one race, but it's it's so far away from what I'm talking about. Like, okay, it's so okay. far divorced from but being consistent. It's like it's like you could totally get lucky and then make the playoffs, as we saw last year with Ross Chastain. That was just okay. a that was just yeah. It's just gimmicky. Exactly, but for this, you're getting points for winning a race that is not actually a race. It is a race. It's just not it a is, full race distance. It's, it's not like a full race distance. It's 75% not seventy-five percent distance. It's not what the sport was designed for. You don't win points in IMSA or, or another endurance series for winning a sixty-lap shootout or not sixty-lap like six-lap shootout. Yeah, but you you could be able to hypothetically. Yeah, and it's I'm, still worth racing for. Then that's yeah. not the spirit of the sport. Yeah, it is. It, but if I, we, it's still the, it's the spirit an, is going I'm for it. I'm just letting them cook, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I think personally too. Like if you're going off of like with the spirit of the sport and keeping it the way we way it is, then you're gonna always have like the same races. Like people want to get rid of um, Monte Carlo and all of that because it's too like antiquated, and it's like you need a mix of both. Yeah, yeah, and I think this new format for get rid of the weekends, halo. Wow. Eventually, you have to draw Last your Last week line. it was Earth Day. This week it's the Halo. I'm kidding. Griggs Blankenberg, everybody. Can I talk about my thoughts, please? Please, no. Go, Go ahead. Yeah. Still being sim- somewhat new to F1, I mean, I get what Noah's saying, kind of like where he's just like, it takes away from the whole spirit of the race. But then again, it also just, it's kind of what Ansley's saying, where you, you just give something else, you have to keep some of the stuff in there, but you have to add some stuff new. You don't want it to get stale. Kind of like where I do, like, I... I can't think of a way they would do it without the points because I don't think they'd, the teams would agree to that. Like, why are we racing with a chance to damage our car without any uh, reward? Without Because it wouldn't help anything with the, with, the, um, with the placement for Sunday now. But my thought was what they could do is I think they would go – it'd be interesting. They go practice one. They go qualifying for Sunday. Then they do um, – they do that same uh, – qual- they do that same – they – Line up on the, for the sprint, how they qualified, but no matter how they finish in the sprint, they line up for the same spot on Sunday as they qualified. Because I don't. The, That's what they're doing basically. But it's a no, shootout. they're doing a different. They're doing a different qualifying for the sprint. Yeah, like a separate qualifying. Yeah, so it goes. I mean, I mean, what's practice qualifying, qualifying sprint, sprint race? And I think they could take out the second qualifying. <laughs> what What good would taking out the second qualifying do? It would leave the order the exact same. So, like, if a car was faster on the sprint. Qualifying just, and faster. On. I just don't see the need for two separate qualifying I don't sessions. Know I think I think it spices it up a little bit. You can have a different driver win the sprint race and the and the race, and it not determine Sunday. I think that's the point. I want, I'm I want, okay with that. I want to throw this into here because Greg's made a good point about them doing this for an actual reason and having a uh, points totaling going towards your final score. That's kind of the part that I don't understand why you have this mini race that it will affect your season of where the rest of the time you're running full races. Preach. What I think they should do is have a separate cup. All your sprint races, all your totals for points. Piston? That's another trophy you can get at the end of the year. You understand what I'm saying, Ben? To where it's kind of like your – Does it give money to the constructor? 
Yes. Does it give money to the driver? Yes. Then it's the same. That's exactly no, 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 what no, no, it no, no, is. No. But you're just saying do the same setup, but add a trophy at the end instead of points to the championship. No, you have points. Give you money. You don't. Okay, okay. Hang money on. gives you points. These points don't go towards your uh, regular season, your full races uh, points. You're trying to do like a Tour de France thing, like where someone doesn't yeah. win the overall, but they win like yes, the mountain climbing. Because it's a like separate that. racing series because you're not running the full laps that you are. You're running less. I mean, the laps are already arbitrarily determined by the FIA anyways. So like whether it's more laps, if you're doing like an endurance format, you could say the same. Kind of exactly. just like the Tour de France. Exactly. Because it's a different, it's a different style of racing. It's a different style of car. Well, the car's the same. Well, you could have a car. You could have a car. You're going to be set up the same. If you set up your car to go a shorter difference, that's a big time. There's less gas in the car, so the car's less is not as heavy. After qualifying, the car is parked for me. You can't touch it or change anything. Like the car is left the way it is. And so you're running the exact setup on on Saturday that you would on Sunday. Nothing has changed. Okay, but it's the same car. If you have less gasoline in your car at the start of a race, it's still does that the same car with less gas. I mean, yeah, it changes the characteristics. Exactly, it's so changing your tires. Are you trying to say that like it's a the- different? It's a different racing style than the full races that you have the next day on Sunday. But, so it should I mean, go to a different the, thing. You could say the same thing about middle middle of an F one race. Like it's a different car because oh, it has less fuel. Yeah, because that that's a cop out. Hang on, hang on, Ben. Okay, these sprint races are a different style of racing from the races on Sunday. But it's not like in the coming years we're going to see people, like, see these different constructors, like, build cars for specifically those kind of races. Unless like, they're all built a, with the same thing in mind. Unless there was a trophy handed out at the end, then they would build a better short short. Then they would car. be building, like, sprint cars. Is that not a bad idea if they're going to give these sprint races to every single uh, race on the schedule? They're not. Which is what they're... Are you sure about that? If these bring in ratings, they probably will. That's just going to be so many points. I mean, that would just be I six exactly. Races. I don't see them. If doing you that. continue, that could be if interesting. You can, I'd be excited about that, honestly. But I think that would be so that would one hundred percent be a kind of Tour de France type thing, then. Yeah, which would be cool, and it's not that yet. But Ooh, that here's would be an really cool. Here's an interesting thought. Um, any grid penalties incurred in first practice or qualifying will apply to the race. Any grid penalties incurred in the sprint shootout will apply to the sprint. Good. But while any grid penalties incurred in the sprint apply to the race. Ooh. Mm. So you got to keep your nose clean in the races or in the sprint race too. That's I'm I'm totally in favor of this. This sounds like it could go very very well. I just think what they're thinking is they're trying to try out new things to improve the sport to make it more interesting for people to watch. And I mean, if it has all the desired effects that they want, I don't see anything wrong with it like it, the sport is going to have to develop like yeah. they have new fans like it's a new world things are changing i mean stuff like the rules are going to have to change as well unfortunately we got to follow the rules and get to break but when we come back it is the first time in a couple weeks that we get to do this we are talking about a race week and we're going to break down the track at baku and then after that we're going to get into our predictions do not go anywhere second half of the show is coming up you're listening to smooth operators on weagle 91.1 fm And welcome back. We are here again, the smooth operators of Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Ben McClurkin, joined by Greg's Blankenberg, Noah Phillips, and Ansley. And today we have some more stuff to talk about. And 
As we said on SMOP, we are going to talk about a little GP action coming your way on Saturday and Sunday. Let's get right into it. Finally. Yeah. Finally, after a long couple weeks, we have racing again. But it is the Azerbaijan 2023 Grand Prix, the Formula 1 Azerbaijan Grand Prix 2023. It doesn't have a sponsor, I don't think. Or according to this, it doesn't. It's probably Heineken. It's probably Heineken. They just can't say it on the website? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Everyone else has one. But nonetheless, it's the um, Grand Prix this weekend. So the Baku City Circuit track was first held here in 2016. 51 laps at 6.003 kilometers a lap, making for 306.049 kilometers a race. Lap record is 143.009 held by Charles Leclerc back in 2019. This track has uh, 20 turns, including two DRS zones, both touching the first sector. Yeah, so it's a it's a very exciting track, very tight in some areas and very wide in some areas. Um, those long straights joined up by very, very short but hard braking zones makes it very exciting. Um, qualifying, oh, we saw we saw um, Mercedes out in qualifying as we go into the race. But uh yeah, so we didn't get to predict that. Um We'll predict the sprint. Yeah, we'll predict sprint. And as much as Noah doesn't want to talk about it, we'll talk about Ferrari. Son, we, we won pole. Congratulations. Why are you so mad? No, man. I'm not mad. I'm just being ben, sarcastic. Ben, Let's get to it. Ben, let <laughs> me tell let me let me explain to you what has went on this weekend. So obviously we have finals coming up and Noah has been very stressed about that. Yes. Okay. Mm. So Noah doing the only thing that he could do in his moment of weakness. Decided to open up his Bible. And Noah thinks because he has started reading his Bible more, that <laughs> God has shined upon him and Ferrari will finally start winning races. <laughs> oh, wow. I think it, it is going to take divine intervention that has started. Ferrari will finally be in victory lane this weekend. Wow. Not wow. only in wow. the sprint, but in the main race as well. You're gonna win both races. Charles you're gonna like win both the races. Of God in him. <laughs> I, I, he, we are going to win this race, and then Noah's gonna pass his finals. Hmm. All right. Uh, the race is at. <laughs> you six, can't recover from that, can you? Bro? <laughs> the race is at six a.m. on Sunday. The sprint is at eight thirty. Can um, we just have all late races, please? For the love. For real. Sprint shootout is tonight. Or this afternoon at 3.30, so... 3.30 a.m., Ben. Tomorrow. Oh, 3.30 a.m.? To- My goodness. Yeah. Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, he's right. I'm right. I'm never wrong! No, he's not. That's Ben Alcon's winning the race. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna... <laughs> I guess I'm staying up to watch the sprint shootout. That'll be exciting. I'm, I'm, I may go to bed and then get back. Have... You, you want to come over? Y'all want to come over? At 3.30 a.m. in the morning is crazy. Oh. Hey, They're we doing can, a replay we can at 8.30 a.m., I think. That's when the sprint's actually I'm happening. I'm watching oh, it live. Uh, no. I may yeah. try to go to bed after this show and then wake up for this. Dang, that is some desperation right there. This, is, right. this has this has uh, me falling asleep for both the Japanese Grand Prix and the qualifying all over again. Yep. So uh, 20 turns, one, two, two DRS zones. Um, I didn't. Th- I heard today. I think it was um, I it, forgot which. It wasn't Crofty. It was a guy in the commentary box with him. Said this has this includes the tightest turn, or in the Formula One counter. It's like turn a six. S- seven meter, um, seven meters of like, 
Wiggle uh, room? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably uh There's no way that Turn eight. Turn eight is incredibly tight. There's no way that's tighter than the right hander at the end of Monaco. It is. Really? Yeah. There's the right hander at the end of Monaco still has that little bit of runoff room as like you clip the first curve on the inside, there's still runoff room on the curve on the outside. This one there's just wall. And mm. it's it's following the contour of the turn. So you you don't have any room on entry. The exit in Monaco, I think, is tighter, but I think the whole turn itself is tighter in Baku. It's insane. This it's, race usually ends up being really way. interesting every year. Yeah, there. I haven't. I don't remember a bad Baku. Um, I also haven't watched every Baku. So, oh. I remember watching two years ago. I was like literally in the airport, put my phone down for ten minutes as I was like grabbing my bags and leaving, and then opened my phone back up and like everything wrong that could have yeah. happened happened. Max Verstappen's tire exploded. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton went straight. <laughs> That was crazy. Baku 2021 was a movie. And yeah. then leave his button on. Wasn't that like the story of that? Yeah, he, like tur- he, he left, left his, his brake. He left his brake magic button on, which is just so. I got the magic. Oh, <laughs> no pitch perfect in here. No, you I can... just watched this the other night. <sighs> yes, pitch perfect. Okay, fine. Yes, pitch perfect. Slay girl. <laughs> Taylor Swift concert tonight. Taylor Swift, Fernando Londo reference. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of which, we're going to be talking about Aston Martin. Um, they didn't do so well. They had some DRS problems, this, I heard. And that's th- kind of a hard place to have a DRS failure um, is, on the longest straights in, in Grand Prix racing. Yeah, so in qualifying, Fernando Alonso finished sixth in the qualifying. I think that's his lowest start of the season so far for qualifying, followed by Lance Stroll going ninth. Definitely not his lowest of the season. Uh, and then in practice, you saw Fernando finish in eighth and then Lance in seven. So they're a little bit off the pace of what they normally are. When you're looking at this, like, track, though, I could potentially see why that is, though. And maybe they're... They had DRS issues. De- and that's, like, a, again, like what you said, that a bad spot to have it because out of turn, going from turn 20 to turn one, then turn two to turn three, you just need to be able to get that and go... You need to be right on the power and... So imagine, imagine, especially from sixteen to one, because that's just you're basically almost flat you're, out. You are a hundred percent flat out, a hundred percent of the straight. You're at top speed for most of it, and if your car is top speed limited at, or doesn't have working DRS, you could lose out on like five to six tenths. And I'm pretty sure they pro- could have lost two or three tenths in qualifying. Th- hmm. Think about this though: they are having DRS issues, yeah, and still in sixth and ninth. That's a good that's, car. That's yeah. a good car. That's insane. That's a good, good car. And that speaks for itself. Yeah. Mm. About Aston Martin's turnaround this season. Absolutely Real. stepped over Mercedes with with that's like that's like a flu game. I'm gonna be honest. Like that, your car is sick and hurt and it's costing you time, but you can still push through. That car must be really quick in the tight corners. It's gotta be quick. It's gotta have good. But traction. if it's still finishing like sixth and seventh, then like besides their DRS kind of I mean, that's a big deal. That's like four-tenths on that. I mean, when Lando Norris is finishing in seventh, if Lando Norris is finishing ahead of a Aston Martin, there is a problem in the Aston Martin car. Yeah, yeah. The fact that the uh, Aston Martin is... McLaren has just fixed itself. Dude, yeah, what? Why is it... Google Chrome's finally running. When is their upgrade coming? I'm not... This race? Yeah, I'm not saying it's better now, because think about it. Like, the only reason they scored points last, last time we went racing was because eight cars... Decide hey. to just give up. Hey man. Okay, but they're you never can they're looking tell. if they're making it to Q three. If at least one car makes it into Q three at Bahrain, that means your car is a lot less draggy than it was. That was their big issue. So I think 
that's a big stride forward for them. Just their qualifying position alone. That's immense. Also, Haas has taken a huge step backwards, not making it out of Q1. Um, I know. Uh, I was watching. I knew. Um, um, it was Nico didn't just wasn't racing well, and then Kevin's car um, yeah. just gave up really. Like so, Nico's didn't finish on um, racing a lot. I know Kevin. I think had to retire. Um, the the freeze failed to set a time within one hundred seven percent in Q one. He will race at the stewards' discretion. What does that mean? He did not qualify. He was so slow that he failed to qualify. The one hundred and seven. Oh wait, no, no, no. Rule? I remember he got the he got a red flag. I remember that. Yeah, he got a red flag for going too. Sl- he got a black flag for going too slow. No, he hit the barriers. Oh. That, he caused the first red flag. Oh, did he not? Did he get a time though? He got three laps down. I don't know if anyone were full yeah. racing laps because he yeah. was a one fifty five. Yeah, dude, he might not qualify for the race period. The one hundred and seven percent rule hasn't been used since twenty. Like 2009, 2010, when like these teams are building terrible cars and there was like 24 cars on the grid, and I don't think it has been enacted since the 90s. That's a big deal. Um, hold on. Okay, so I'm looking at it right now. The 107 percent rule is a means to ensure that entries to a race are fast enough to be competitive and not pose a danger to the faster cars. List of the violations are as follows. We've only had a f- the last time we had one. What? Hold on. What is the, um race though in the well they've ever since um 2012 though they have not had a car who didn't meet the 107 percent rule be able to race like yeah. every single one car has been able to race if yeah. they haven't met it yet the last two who did not meet it were pedro de la rosa and niharan katsuki narain karthikan karthikan for hrt costworth back at the australian grand prix of the both they were in the same team they both didn't race in australia yeah. hrt built the worst car of 2011 um st- stood for um, Hispania racing team, and they built probably one of the top ten worst cars. Ever. Yeah, the last teams who had um, did not meet the hundred percent rule was actually Sergio Perez back at the Australian Grand Prix, where he got out of the qualifying, where he was able to race. Right. Um, Logan Sargent had one hundred forty four percent. Oh, uh, Will, uh, for Williams back at the Saudi wow. Arabian Grand Prix this year. He I did not do know that. that. We didn't have anyone meet the hundred seven percent rule last year. It was the last time it actually happened was Lance Stroll at the. Um, <laughs> French Grand Prix back in 2021. Okay, that was a, that was not a good car. And then yeah, there was like, hold on, there was one. Hold on, my goodness, the the Hungarian Grand Prix of 2016. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven drivers did not meet the 107 percent. What year? Uh, 2016 Hungarian Grand Prix. Oh yeah. Oh wow. That would have been. Shoot, that would have been um. Caterham. There's a lot of there's a lot of Italians back in the day yeah. for forming the one. Yeah, there were, and a lot of them didn't make the 107 percent rule. Yeah, they did not. Ricardo Rosset does not look like he was that <laughs> good of a not, not good of a driver. Yeah, Ricardo Rosset had a storied career as being the back of the field in a moving chicane. Mm. Mm. So, mm. anyways, I think that's gonna do it for this first segment. Yeah. But when we come back, we're going to give our predictions for the Grand Prix this week and including who we think is going to win the sprint and who we think is going to win the race. So do not go anywhere. Last segment of the show is coming up. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome into another episode of the Smooth Operators Podcast. It's Noah's turn, I think it is. And you were away from the microphone. You started. Uh, This is the last segment, though. Yeah, it's the last segment. That's all you, but that's okay. We're going to get right into it, uh, predicting the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. 
Yeah. Y'all bully me, man. Yeah, so we're not doing a poll position this week because uh, polls already happened. Polls already happened. Happened this morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to give our sprint predictions right now. Then we're going to get into some predictions for the race this weekend, as well as our one crazy random prediction, as, and then we will finish with our podiums. So let's start off with our guest ladies first, Ainsley. Who oh. you think's gonna? What do you think the sprint uh, top three are gonna be? Um, top three or for sprint or just in general? The sprint. Okay, I'm, I don't know. See, I haven't like gotten as into the sprint stuff as y'all have. I kind of took a big break with it. Um, I'd like to see something crazy happen where we get like Fernando first or something like that, just to have something like interesting. I think we'll definitely see Max up in the top three. So like, I'd like to see like Fernando, Max, and then I don't know something interesting, like maybe like Lewis, but mm. I don't think he's gonna get there. Those are all solid picks, and. Not too crazy, but crazy enough. I like it. Yeah, just like something interesting. Yeah. All right, I've got, shoot, P3, Charles Leclerc. Mm. Mm. Noah, this one's for you, baby. Um, and then I got P2. Let's see Let's see if Alonzo can do it. Let's see if he can do it. Um, and P1, a very frustrated Max Verstappen after just losing out to Charles Leclerc. A very competitive qualifying session. I think he will set a faster lap than he did in Q3 and take pole position for the sprint. Noah. Folks, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think it's going to be the exact same as the regular qualifying. <laughs> I got P3, Sergio Perez, P2, Max Verstappen, and P1, Charles Leclerc. Wishful thinking, but okay. Great. I just don't trust. I'm going to go Zhou Guan Yu in third. I'm going to go. I'm kidding. Um, looking at the. Give me Logan. So- <laughs> Oscar Piastri. Something about those Alpines, man. Getting their problems out of the way early. Um, yeah, they got to burn through their bad luck. That's I'm going to go P3. I'm going to go Sir Lewis Hamilton. P2. I'm going to go Charles Leclerc. And then P1, I'm going Max. I just don't know if I trust Ferrari at this point to have them handle anything. I don't know. They put on some. I mean, Leclerc was two tenths faster. Did you people not hear what I said earlier? Oh, sorry. This is divine providence. So what happens when he DNFs on Sunday? Everything is. Um, What happens when he DNFs on Sunday? Um. um, What are you gonna do? I don't know, man. (laughs) I guess you'll have to say the same thing, right? You got to be. No, we'll not. I'll say uh, he is putting. He's putting trials on Ferrari to make sure they are worthy enough. Bringing them. Fair through. enough. All right. Next Goodness. up. Putting hard times on Ferrari. <laughs> next up, let's go with. Uh, let's go. Yeah, we don't have too much time. Let's go with our crazy prediction, Ainsley. For um, the race. Crazy prediction. Um, Lando Norris. He's like P7. He's going to get dropped, but like. But like how quickly? <laughs> I. <laughs> I, we said crazy predictions, know. not <laughs> not, insane not believable ones. ones. <laughs> no, that one's totally likely. How many laps do you think it'll take before he's out of the points? Oh, God. Hmm. I, because how many are, it's like 51 to yeah. this one. I don't even think that's a factor. I think it'll be lap two. Uh, honestly. But I'd like to see him stick at it for at least like the first like 10. I can do that. I think I think first pit stop he goes in is out completely. Just done. I just think his his car won't restart. Like it'll be just his car over. won't restart. <laughs> his outlap will be twenty seconds too slow. Something yeah. like that. Struggling on cold tires. Um, 
I think my my wonky, wacky, goofy prediction is Valtteri Bottas will finish. No, I can't say he's going to finish in 14th because that's where he's going to finish. Um, How about this? How about this? Uh, we see Lance Stroll in the top five. That's very possible. Okay, that means he has to get past Carlos Sainz and Sergio Perez. Those are his barriers. Mm-hmm. And Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton's going to be tough to get past because he's an eighth, right? Well, actually, no, that that's going to be qualifying. I'm talking about race. Yeah, he's qualifying eighth. So I think in the race, he'll, he'll be hard-pressed to get past those guys, especially on the straights. Interesting, interesting. Um, Noah. All right, folks, I'm going to do an actually fun one instead of trying to figure out the actual race. Give me three pre-show instances of them bringing up uh, pianos in case of Charles yes. Leclerc. Mm. What? Top of the charts right now. Man, this is why you need to be more on social media. He's an artist. We're going to make you spend artist. at least one no, hour on You know on how like, you have like the downtime things on the app store? Yeah. We're going to make it so you have you can't use any other apps until you use Twitter. I'll play the song Twitter afterwards. More than that. Um, for me, I know I've hit, I've gotten one of them correct this year, which I'm not hearing a lot of congratulations for me getting at least one right this year. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Noah. Um, keep it going. Um, what's a crazy prediction that I, myself, Griggs Blankenberg, can make? Hmm. Okay. Okay, I got one. I think there are going to be two of the six cars in the big uh, the big three, Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes, not finish the race. Okay. So I can see that. So, it is Baku. So two. That, that could be likely. Okay, you want me to go more crazier? Three. Get the people going, Griggs. Three, yeah. Three, three of the, half of the big three are not going to make finish the race. So three of the six cars are not going to finish. Which are very good for your McLaren Ainsley because that means you guys can get points again. I mean, again. hey, dude, Lando Norris might win it all. <laughs> New McLaren does look good. I don't know I, if Lando Norris you. can hold on to it though. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. If Lando dressed like I do with him in F one twenty three, then he's cooking. Can I could put an additional crazy thing out there? Sure, yes. why not? Go so, for it. um, Taylor Swift shows up at the Grand Prix and going from Atlanta. Fernando Fernando Alonso wins and he she gives him a big old smooch right afterwards. Thank so you, that was mine. <laughs> going from Atlanta to Azerbaijan. Yeah. In the span of, okay, so the race is at six thirty AM. She has a concert Swift. there on Saturday night? I think she in Atlanta? No, tonight. Tonight tonight and tomorrow night. Doesn't she have both? Maybe you gotta think or she's losing hours if she flies to west. She just teleports. She'd be flying it's Taylor east. Swift, y'all. Yeah, she From went Atlanta to Azerbaijan. You wouldn't go over China and Russia. That's a little far. You can go over Australia. That would take so much longer. Then what? how would you get to Azerbaijan? No, listen, what do you think? Where do you listen, think Azerbaijan listen, is, Noah? Listen, listen. listen <laughs> you're going to have, have a connecting flight in Sydney? As the great what? Michael Phillips, <laughs> as the great Mike Phillips once said. Great we Twitter follower now. We, Shout out Mike Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> hit the FBO with duffels in my hands. <laughs> That's what Taylor said. We got to make race predictions. Yeah, we, we do. We, have, we have really have like okay, two more minutes. Go. All right, Ainsley, top three, go. Um, I say it's who's third. It's um right in qualifying. It was Sergio. It's okay. So I say it's Max Verstappen, Charles, and then um Sergio. In that order for first yeah. through third, Max yeah. makes one pass. So Max, Charles, Sergio. Over. Okay, uh, Ben. All right, I'm going Verstappen, Perez, Alonso. I think Ferrari's luck is going to strike them somewhere where it hurts. Noah. 
Uh, signs P3. I think Max Verstappen has another engine trouble. Sergio Perez gets P2, and Charles Leclerc gets P1. I got one. Here we go. Max Verstappen, P3. Let him cook. Charlotte Claire P2. Let him cook. Let him cook. The street street king is going to strike again. I think it's going to be Checo this weekend, which was going to create so much more chaos. If Max finishes third, Sergio would take the lead in the driver's standings. Oh, dude. I like that. That's awesome. This man knows the screenwriters. Listen, at this point, I'd do anything just to see Max Verstappen not win. And for that reason, you're not coming back on the show. No, I'm kidding. Thank you, Ainsley, for coming on. But that is going to do it for our show today. If you missed any of today's show, you can check it on your favorite podcast platform a little bit later after the show. But until next week, our last show in studio, we have more news on that coming next week. But for Ben McClurkin, Noah Phillips, I'm Grace Blankenberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend and War Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.